Hello and welcome to the weekly album anniversary recap show. As always, brought to you by CCM Twitter, hashtag CCM Twitter, for all your insurance and tire needs. I have no idea why I said that, but uh, I do feel again, shout out to CCM Twitter if anybody's listening. It's where I get most of my interaction online, so thanks to everybody who participates in that. All right, this is the show uh, where we're going to walk through uh, the week of January 15th through the 21st. I think that's right. Yeah, that's uh, so albums we celebrated this week that I posted about this week. Uh, we're going to walk through some of the big, uh, big anniversaries, and then we'll go through some of the other ones, too. Um, as always, I'm your host, Caleb, or Caleb the Spy, on Twitter and on Instagram. And like I said, this is where I post uh, about kind of album anniversaries throughout the week, and then I come back uh, at the end of the week and talk about them on this show. I just don't always have the space to talk about all the sh- all the uh, albums I wanted to, so uh, I talk about them on the show. Uh, it's a fun little thing. I wanted to learn how to do a podcast, and this is what I've decided to fill my time with. So uh, yeah, I, I have a good calendar on uh, that I started tracking a couple years ago that kind of tracks some of my favorite albums and some of my favorite releases. And then the last year, that calendar has just exploded. It's got a ton of more albums. I have every album I tracked as well as a bunch of other suggestions. So uh, yeah, it's a fun little thing that I've started doing. And uh, this is my show where I come on and kind of talk about the week, uh, some of the big ones. And my real goal here is the next couple weeks, I really want to add uh, people. So if there's big albums that are coming out that you're interested in talking about, I'm going to try and post them on Sunday, kind of what the week's going to hold, uh, some of the big ones that are going to come out. That'll probably be on the show next week. And uh, I'd love to start having people join me, a uh, little, little co-host or little segment where somebody else talks about uh, their why they like an album or what they like about an album. So that's kind of the long-term goal, but for right now, it's just me. So thanks for joining me. All right, sometimes we do talk about some news or, you know, what I'm listening to. The only real things that were on my mind this week were the new album by Green Day and the new album by Neck Deep. Again, feels like we're in a pop-punk revival. I feel like more pop-punk albums have come out in the last year or so than I remember in a long time. And uh, yeah, both of these were pretty good. The The Green Day album, I think it dies in the second half, I'll be honest. But I will say the singles were as good as anything they've put out in years. Uh, so that's good, I guess. And I heard on their, their tour that they're doing, they're going to be doing the entire album of Dookie and the entire album of American Idiot. So that'll pretty much be the set. I can't imagine they'll get to any of these new songs on those sets. So that'll be interesting to see, I guess. Uh, and then Neck Deep came out with an album. I talked about them last week on the show, and I really like them. They make fun of themselves by calling themselves a generic pop punk band. And they probably are a little generic, but I totally dig them. And I thought the new album was really good. Uh, better than their last couple, I think. This probably is, is, you know, kind of a throwback to that sophomore release that I really, really like. So... Really good outing from them. I thought, actually, of the two albums, that was the better one uh, that I enjoyed more listening to this week after it came out. So, yeah, those is, uh, those are some things that I'm listening to or some things going on in music for me. And with that out of the way, let's dive into the album anniversaries. So, first off, celebrating, uh, let's see, uh, 74, so 1974, 35 years. I should really write these things down ahead of time not it's 40 years yeah so celebrating a 40 year anniversary was uh, planet waves by bob dylan Stand up right and be 
strong and may you stay forever So this was his 14th album. It was an album that was released not on Columbia, and I can't remember the record label that it was out on, but it didn't sell well. This was his first album off Columbia, and it didn't sell well. It did not, it was not really make a splash. In fact, I, I know it was a frustration for him at the time. And I overall, I think this album is a pretty good album. It's, you know, it's not, not in the upper echelons of Dylan's. Uh, albums in my opinion but i i enjoy this album i will say the highlight of this album by far is the song forever young and there's two versions on this album there's a slow version and then a, a faster version the the slow version is i think that it's one of his top five songs ever it's absolutely beautiful great song it has a special meaning for me it's my dad i believe it's my dad's favorite dylan song and my dad is a huge dylan fan so I, I really like that song. I know that the lyrics for that one are pretty beautiful. It, it's almost, I don't know, I, I don't want to say hymn-like, but it is it is a great album. And uh, yeah, that is a, an absolute great song off that album. So uh, Forever Young is probably the highlight. The rest of the album's uh, fine. Uh, there's nothing, nothing wrong, but Forever Young is such a standout. It kind of leaves the rest of the album in its wake and makes the rest of it a little bit forgettable, maybe. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so that's uh, 30, 35, 45, 40 years, 40 years old, uh, Planet Waves by Bob Dylan. I'm always going to talk about the Big Dylan, Big Dylan album's anniversaries. So, all right, let's talk about an album I had not heard of before, and it's called uh, it was called Smash by One Bad Pig, which was released sometime in 1989. So celebrating a 35-year anniversary, if I'm uh, doing my math correctly. I honestly don't know how this album made it onto my calendar. I've never heard of this before until somebody either recommended it or I found it on a great CCM list or something. Uh, but this is a, I guess, kind of a punk metal band. This was their second album. I had never heard of this. I'm, It, it was fine. It, I, I'm not going back to it, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, there, there's an, I had to do some research about this. And so I'm just going to read some things about it. So the Encyclopedia of Contemporary Christian Music describes them as quite possibly the most popular hard punk act ever to arise within the Christian music scene. That is ridiculous. Not even close. Not even kind of accurate. The Encyclo Encyclopedia for Contemporary Christian Music has been totally uh, totally any, any claim to, uh, know the truth is totally gone from them because that is absolutely ridiculous. I'm pretty into the punk stuff and I've never even heard of this until this year. Maybe that's a me problem, but to say that they were the most popular is beyond ridiculous. Uh, so 
you know, there's a little bit of the history. I know they were popular. And I'll read one more great quote here at the end that really, I think, sums up the band uh, pretty well. But, you know, when this album, here's some of my thoughts on it. When, when this album is punk, it's okay. When it's metal, it's bad. This is not good. The cover art is particularly silly. I didn't really enjoy this all that much. Uh, and one person posted a wonderful quote for me, uh, for me by uh, somebody else. So I'm just going to read it. Uh, it's by a guy named uh, Brian Ma- uh, Mansfield. This is his quote about the, the band. So the punk quartet started as a lark for a youth rally in the band's Austin, Texas hometown. The positive re- reception led to a relatively long career, but the members of the band seemed to understand neither punk culture nor its philosophy and it ended up, depending on where you stood in the audience, as either a generic trash band or a punk parody. So, yeah, I'm glad it's on my calendar. I hope people like it. Not for me. All right, next, let's talk about Native Tongue by Switchfoot, which was released in 2019, so celebrating a five-year anniversary. More than just accidental, more than just inconsequential, burning out tonight, all So this was released about three years after Where the Light Shines Through. This is their second longest album, and I don't know if they have another album after 2019. I, I, I'm, uh, again, I'm not as into Switchfoot as I once was, but this one was not a hit. It didn't perform very well. This was like their first album to not crack the top 20 in you know since like Learning to Breathe or uh you know one of those some of those early albums so this this really was not a big hit this was kind of just it it went off and i'm sure their their fans you know were into it but it did not go over super well and in fact what i thought was interesting switchfoot is probably the band i get the biggest reaction to my posts about switchfoot generally get a lot of comments a lot of tweets a lot of retweets a lot of just engagement when it when I talk about Switchfoot or when I post about Switchfoot on on Twitter mainly and this one was really polarizing it was people who loved it who they needed this album at the time it really meant a lot to them or people who were like this was pretty boring I didn't like it and it there was not a lot of uh, there was even a couple comments of I don't even remember anything from this album so I think this one, you know, for some people, they loved it. For some people, really, it didn't. It clearly did not even do it for Switchfoot fans. So, you know, that's kind of where this album lasts, uh, lands. And you know, for me, everything I said last week, it probably holds true for this album. You know, it's again, I, I struggle with their lyrics here later in their career. Just it's a lot of what feels like generic cliches. And maybe that's me being too harsh, but this just just didn't do it for me. This album in particular... I I really found this pretty boring. There is not a song on here that really stirred me. Again, I am glad people like it. I'm glad if it stirs you. But I am, by the second half of this album especially, I was genuinely bored. I don't even think I made made it through the end of the album. Which again, may be my problem, but it just wasn't for me. And again, I, I really love Early Switchfoot. I just feel like they just, it they need to say something for me to be probably more engaged at this point. And that's what they're going to do 
That is what the, they have a mission. They have a goal that they're doing. They should keep on doing that. I'm not telling them that they need to change to win me over. That's I'm not into that at all. But this is why it also doesn't stir me. And I still I still check out their music. Obviously, uh, Switchfoot means a, a lot to me as a band from that early early 2000s. I really dig them. But this one, not good in my opinion. Just just not very good. All right, so that was that. Now let's talk about another uh, album from 2019, and that is Phoenix by Pedro the Lion. So this is another album, just like the Switchfoot one, celebrating a five-year anniversary. And this was a return to the Pedro the Lion moniker. So um, they, uh, David had been doing other work other, under just his, his name, and he hadn't put out a Pedro the Lion album in 15 years. And I think what he realized is that it's not good for his branding to kind of have these two things going on. And, and so I think he kind of just went back to the Pedro the Lion thing you know, I think he, he he did bring on some guys to work with, so it was more of a collaborative effort. But I mean, still, it is still his vision going forward. But I think that was some of the the reasons he did it. And frankly, this album this album is amazing. I I really really love this album. In fact, up until this point, I had not really been a Pedro the Lion fan. I just thought it was a little. I would refer to this as kind of sad bastard music and I just it never Pedro never really stirred me and I know that's going to piss some people off that's what I tend to say on these uh podcasts is just things that probably annoy other people but I had never been into it and this album I got it I don't know what it was about this album but I I totally got it and all of a sudden it just kind of clicked and this was when I went back and retook a deeper dive into Pedro the Lion and kind of realized Oh yeah, it was me. I was missing this. I was missing the point. And I will, I will say, Pedro the Lion and and David's other music is not gonna make it into my top ten probably ever. It's not necessarily my style. I, you know, again, if you listen to the show enough or know me on Twitter, you know what I'm into. And but I still like it. I still like it quite a bit. In fact, the first three songs. Uh, so there's the the sunrise little little intro song. But then the first three songs, Yellow Bike Cleanup and Powerful Tab Taboo. Those are all. Absolutely excellent songs. Model Homes is another really, really good one. Uh, Piano Bench and and Circle K are just okay. And then Quietest Friend, that is my favorite Pedro the Lion song. That was my favorite song of 2019. I would just play that song over and over and over again. There is his story. Again, and this is what it is, right? His storytelling in that song just... I, I... couldn't even necessarily relate to it. It wasn't like I had gone through this similar experience, but holy cow, I just was just totally taken by his storytelling in that song. And all of a sudden it all clicked. And that song is beautiful and 
just invigorating. It's got this great energy. So Quietest Friend was the Pedro the Lion moment for me where I, I totally got it. And that was my favorite song of 2019. So I love this record. I think it's great. Follow-up was, I'll be honest, I, kind of back to not me not totally getting Pedro. But this album, holy crap, I love this album. Phoenix, I have it on, in fact, I own this on CD. I keep it in my car. That's how much I like this album. So there you go. Uh, Phoenix by Pedro the Lion came out in 2019. And uh, I'll, I, he's got me hooked. If he puts out more music, I'm, I'm totally going to check it out and uh, be be into it or you know want to dive into it because, yeah, he, he won me over with that one. So, all right, let's go back now. We're going to go back 25 years back to... To, in 1999, and we're going to do Reason for Living by Justin McRoberts. Trouble trying to wake up, still cussing lights back through the drapes each morning and every new day. So where is the newness? All right, so I I will just say it. I'm a I'm in the bag on Justin McRoberts. I really like him as a songwriter and a singer. I've enjoyed some of his podcasts that I listen to, and I don't really listen to a lot of podcasts. And I uh, I just think he is a great. He seems to be just a great human being. A couple years ago, he played a show here in Minneapolis at uh, just this. It's called the Art House, and it it was just him and in a guitar and him telling stories and singing songs. And it was amazing. I just went by myself, and I still to this day kick myself that I didn't bring my wife and kids. It was so good, so lovely. Uh, just I think Justin is just seems like a great guy. So I'm I'm all in on Justin McRoberts. So bias out of the way. This is his debut album, his kind of singer songwriter style, but it's not from Nashville. It's got a unique feel because he's not out of Nashville. And I know that that is maybe oversimplifying, but it totally does. He's from San Francisco. He was on Five Minute Walk, which just was not doing singer-songwriter stuff, really. And I think it's a reason he never was as big as he could have been. I think his him being on Five Minute Walk, I think there's a couple bands that because they were on Five Minute Walk and Five Minute Walk's approach, they never hit it big. And I think just I think that's a reason that maybe Justin never hit it big. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm oversimplifying. But I, I totally think that 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 impacted it because I think he is incredibly, incredibly underrated. Uh, and this album is great. It's it, it's just a really solid album from front to back. And I'm again, I'm not a huge singer songwriter guy. Uh, second time around, the story stands alone. Those, are, I think, it's track two and three. Those are just killer tracks, but the whole thing is really good. It's a great listen. If you have not checked out J, uh, Justin McRoberts' "Reason for Living," I, I think you should. I think you should go back. It's a great singer-songwriter album, and uh, yeah, you know his talent was there, and I, I still to this day can put that on. Justin is one of my go-to if I kind of want some calmer music, some just chill music. I like the singer-songwriter stuff, and I like that it's not from Nashville. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to be mean to Nashville. Do your thing, Nashville. Whatever you want to do. But uh, yeah, really like this. Uh, Justin McRoberts, Reason for Living, 1999. Uh, yeah. All right. One last one. That's about 15 years. Yeah, it's 15 years old. And that is the Blood Bank EP by Boney Vare. 
This was the follow-up for Emma for uh, Forever Ago, and it's just four songs. Uh, it's in that style. It's kind of before he really shifted to more of the uh, technology-induced indie pop stuff, I guess is what you'd, uh, what you'd call it. Um, you know, this album, the, the four songs on it, it doesn't have the oomph that uh, For Emma did, and it doesn't quite have the unique flair that the self-titled did. It's kind of in between the two, but, you know, The Woods, the song on there, is... Uh, really our introduction to his kind of computer voice that he would go to over and over again uh, on the next couple albums. And I like Bon Iver. They're one of my kind of sleeper things that you wouldn't expect I'm really into, but I really have been into their stuff. Not everything. Uh, the, the self-titled is the pinnacle, in my opinion, even more than For Emma, Forever Ago, which probably a lot of people would really prefer. But I really like the self-titled. I think it's a really great one to put on with really loud uh, headphones. Really, really uh, haunting and beautiful, in my opinion. So, all right, those were some of the albums that celebrated those big anniversaries. But there was a number of other albums that came out that I think are worthy of talking about. So I'll try and be quick. I'm doing okay on time. I haven't totally gone off the rails like the last couple of weeks. So thanks to me. Thank you, me. Good job. All right, uh, Blood on the Tracks by Bob Dylan released in 1975. This is number 17 on my all-time favorite albums list. It is... It's it's the best out. It's my favorite Dylan album. It's absolutely perfect in a lot of ways. I was not a hit. In fact, when it came out, it was kind of not everybody liked it, which, you know, it is kind of silly, but it's gone on to be I think a lot of people would consider this one of the better Dylan albums out there. So Tangled Up in Blue, Simple Twist of Fate, Idiot Wind, Lily Rose, Rosemary and the Jack of Hearts, Shelter from the Storm. Those are some of his best work, in my opinion. I, they that is a really, I mean, that is five all-time great songs. And the whole thing is really good. Uh, just some of his best work. And next year, it'll celebrate a, uh, let's see, 45, 35 years? 40 years. So that's uh, pretty cool. 1975. All right, let's move on to 2001's Pigeon John is Clueless. And this is another really good album. This is his debut. I love this album. It's a little silly. It's a little fun. It felt really accessible to me as a nerdy white guy who wanted to kind of dip his toe into hip hop that wasn't just by white folks. And sorry if that sounds weird, but uh, it was really accessible. It's a really dense album. He had, I think he spent like three years building up this, this track list and then came out with this album. And it is, it's, I think it's, it's long. It's like 17 songs and I don't get bored on this album and it's over an hour. So really good, really good stuff in my opinion. You know, some of his later albums maybe have gone on a little off the rails. Uh, I, I can't, I guess I can't comment a ton. I, I probably his first four albums and yeah, I really, I really enjoyed Pigeon John's first ones. And so yeah, this is Pigeon John is Clueless from 2001. Really good. Okay, now I'm going to mess up. So this is our little hip-hop uh, section here. I'm going to mess this up. It's Circa MMXI by The Collective. Um, it, or, or no, I'm sorry. Circa MMXI The Collective, and that is by High Society Collective. Weird, weird title. I think I got that right. Came out in 2012, and this is a super talented group. Uh, Shobaraka. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to forget. Uh, Shobaraka's in it, and Swoop is in it. And those are kind of the two big names. And I think JR is on this album as well. And yeah, this is really high, really talented stuff. I highly recommend this. And if you want a good laugh, in my opinion, go read the Jesus Freak Hideout uh, review of it. Pretty laughable, in my opinion. I'll just let that uh, just let that be there uh, for people to go check out if they want. 
but uh, not a yeah, I, I, I really like this album, and you can find a different opinion on Jesus Freak Hideout if you want. All right, uh, let's talk about the 2007 compilation Ska is Dead, because in 2007, Ska was dead. This is put out by Asian Man Records. It's 23 songs. It's got a lot of really solid Ska punk uh, songs on it. I I have this compilation because I got a lot of Ska compilations, and some highlights from this one are the Streetlight Manifesto song is great, Fishbone is on it, Bomb the Music Industry, those are the three best songs on this in my my opinion, but Big D and The Kid Stable, Bucko 9, Mustard Plug, and MU, uh, MU330 also have really good songs on this. Uh, this is pretty hard to find, it's not on streaming, I have it on CD, and you can probably find it on eBay or Discogs if you really want to, but uh, you know. It's probably not worth it to find it unless you're really into the ska stuff, which I am. So there you go. And one more kind of ska adjacent album is High Five Soup by the Aquabats. I didn't write down when this came out because my notes fall apart after this. And look, this has Strong Bad on it and it's got Bismarcky on it. So yeah, it's great, right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, let's see here. Okay, next one is Bring It Down Now. And this is kind of a, well, it's not a kind of, it's a compilation or best of for uh, Lifesavers Underground and Michael Knott, kind of. It's kind of got songs from both of them. And this was my attempt to catch up on Michael Knott. I'll be just real honest. Because I, I that's another one that I got into late, and I his, his discography is overwhelming. And I've made my way through it now, and I kind of know what I like and what I don't like, and I've, I have gone back and bought some of his albums. But this was a good way for me to just kind of start getting a feel for it. And I I really missed the boat on this. I think I really, really would have been into Michael Knott in the 90s if I had kind of discovered it and dove deep. I'll be honest. I think I'd heard the name. I'd heard it was good, but I just didn't give it a listen. I just, I didn't, I didn't. I don't know why. I think the Lifesavers Underground at the time, I thought their album covers were probably a little corny and that probably turned me off to it. But I didn't, I didn't check this out till probably five years ago it was when I really kind of decided to take a look into Michael Knott. And this was my attempt to kind of catch up. So it's a compilation album. It's not even the best compilation, I would argue. I think he's probably got better songs, but I think his, I think he's hard to do a compilation for. He doesn't have hits. He's got good albums and there's not like hit songs off of them. So they did their best. And yeah, it was a good way to get into it. That was probably way more conversation than it needed. Let's talk about 1987 Husker Du's Warehouse Songs and Stories. And again, this was the final Husker Du album. It's the last one. It's really long. It's over an hour. And it's got some good songs on there. Overall, I, it's not the one I'm going to go back to if I'm going to go back to a Husker Du album. But uh, it's there, and it, it's got some catchy songs on it. And it was their the last death of or last songs of a, of a dying band. Let's go to Joe Strummer, The Future is Unwritten. This came out in 2007, and this is a soundtrack for a documentary about uh, a, about Joe Strummer. And this one is a really interesting collection. It's a fun collection of songs. It's all over the place. Uh, the highlight is, uh, I don't know how to say his name here, Rashita's, uh, Rashita. His version of Rock, Rock the Casbah is really fun. And I don't know how they did this, to be honest, because... You know, by 2007, Joe Strummer had passed away, but it really is him talking about some of these songs. And so I don't know if they took old, you know, an old radio show that he had been on or just old like clips from random things. But he really does walk you through the album. He interjects every now and then. He has a story about Woody Guthrie. He talks about his favorite Elvis song, and it's just kind of fun. It's almost like uh, Joe Strummer hosting uh, hosting a, a an hour long radio program, and it's a fun listen. Uh, I've never actually seen the documentary, um, which is probably a failing on my part, considering I'm wearing my one of my Clash t shirts today, and the Clash are my second favorite band. But 
I have never gone back and watched this documentary. So there's a confession. I should have, uh, I should watch that probably. All right. Last album to talk about is What a Terrible World, What a Beautiful World by The Decemberists. This came out in 2015. Technically, this is the follow-up to The King is Dead. There was also a live album in there. And uh, when this came out, I remember being not just kind of underwhelmed, but really underwhelmed by this. Uh, I did not like it. Pitchfork did not like it either. I know Pitchfork's Pitchfork's been in the news recently. Uh, I could have talked about that in the news section. Although I don't have a lot to say. That's a, it's a bummer, but uh, such is the way of of everything it feels like nowadays. Back to this album. Uh, I was pretty underwhelmed by it when it came out. It is better than I remember. I will say that. I listened to it this week, and I really enjoyed my re-listen of it. So I don't know if I was too harsh on it, if I expected too much of it. But uh, yeah, this was better than I remembered. Still, uh, you know, I not as good as The King is Dead, that's for sure. And I even like their most recent album a little more than this one, the funky one where they got a little electronic on it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, it, it's fine. Uh, it's a fine album, and there's a couple good songs on there. And yeah, it grew on me uh, this last listen that I made. Okay. All right, that was the it. Uh, that was it for the week. I, I I really focused down here. I got that all recorded in like less than a half hour. Good for me. Good for you, probably, because you know nobody wants to listen to this again. Not like anybody's actually listening to. Hashtag I actually listen to this point, Caleb. Yeah, throw that out there. Okay. Um. So that's it for the week of January fifteenth through the twenty first. Next week, and again, I'm gonna try and throw this out here. I'll, I'll highlight the ones that if you know people want to talk about, I'd, I'd love to. Let's go through some albums that are be out on that I'll, I'll throw out post for next week. And again, not necessarily all of these will be on the show. I don't put every uh, every, every album post that I do on the show. Uh, but some ones to look forward to next week are Cope, uh, Bad Religion, Out of Eden. Oh man, I'm going to mess up this Thelonious Monk. He's, a, I think, a jazz musician, uh, if I have that right. Uh, I have a couple, I think I have just a greatest hits album of his uh, that I don't know the date for and I don't know the year for. So I'm just going to throw out a random uh, post about him uh, sometime in the week. Another David Bowie album, another another Elvis Costello album. It is really funny to me how certain uh, groups seem to have kind of times of the year that they released album because we had two David Bowie last week. I think the last two weeks we have an Elvis Costello and we got another one next week that we'll talk about the dingies, the shins again, POD will be uh, one of the posts from next week. Uh, a ska group kind of pop punk group named, uh, blood and water Petra blindside iron and wine cages, living sacrifice. Another one by a uh, living, Sa- uh, living sacrifice underground, LSU underground, Adam again, precious death priests, they're going to throw out a post about Sly and Robbie and about some Cuban jazz. And then the big ones next week that I'll uh, I'm considering to have on the show that are celebrating big anniversaries are the album by Wookiee, which is a lesser one of the lesser known Christian ska bands. I'll probably briefly talk about that one. Uh, Bruce Lee Band has uh, the Community Support EP that is celebrating a big anniversary. Definitely going to talk about that one. Weezer, I think it's the Teal album. Uh, I can't remember which Weezer album is it is. That seems crazy. That's five years ago. But one of the Weezer albums is celebrating a big anniversary. Twyla Paris and Robin Mark to round out the CCM side of things. Uh, So those will be the ones that will probably be on the show next week. Probably going to be a bit of a weird show. Uh, None of those outside of the Bruce Lee band are real, uh, real big ones for me. Although that Weezer one will be interesting to talk about. So that's uh, stuff that will be on the show next week or at least probably get some sort of mention and just other stuff that I'll be posting about throughout the week. So thanks for joining me. The music that you hear at the beginning and the end of the show is the instrumental version of Sing It Out at Street Level by Peg and the Rejected. 
which as I always say is just the dingies. Uh, they're, they're focused on ska songs. They have different names for different groups that are doing different things. And uh, yeah, they're, they've got two albums out, or one album and an EP out, and it's really good. You should check out Peg and the Rejected, and you should check out the Dingies, because they are amazing. If you don't own the Dingy, Dingies albums, that go get those. Holy cow, so good. Uh, I'm really excited to post about the, the Dingies album next week, and I'll probably talk about it on the on the podcast for sure, because that album's become pretty, pretty important to me. Uh, it's made it into potentially my top 20. That's a pretty big jump, because it wasn't on my list a year ago. Uh, so anyway, sorry, rambling on spoilers, spoilers for next week. So thanks for joining me. Uh, let me know what you thought. What did I get right? right? What did I get wrong? Again, I know my switch fit take is probably not a popular one. Uh, but again, nobody's really listened to this. So this is where I get my uh, crazy, crazy bad takes out. Uh, what were your favorites from this week? Again, you can find me on Twitter at Caleb the Spy with no spaces. I'm also on Instagram and I just got underscores in between Caleb the and Spy. And uh, let's see, I'm also, you can always email me at CalebTheSpyPodcast at gmail.com. No spaces or underscores in that. If there are albums that should be on my calendar because they they need to be celebrated, yeah, let me know. I'll try and get them added. I'll try and find a release date. If you know the release date, that's even more helpful. Please subscribe and share the podcast. If you're so inclined, leave a rating or review. I've heard that's the most effective way to spread the word about podcasts. And most of all, thank you if you engage with me at all on social media. I know I say this every week, but I really do does mean it and it works picked up a lot for me so I, I haven't had a chance to engage as much on social media but I do put a lot of time into setting up my daily posts and especially with things getting busier probably in April it's going to take be a ton of my time but I love the conversation I love getting to talk to people I love seeing people get excited to go back and listen to old albums or discover something new so I really do appreciate when people engage with me on social media Thanks again if you listen to any or all of this show, and I will talk to you next week. 